This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. So let's go ahead and and, uh, open with prayer, all right? Uh, Lord God, as, as we gather here today, tonight, just in all our days, all our days, help us to be mindful of your presence. Because in your presence, Jesus, we have living hope. We have living hope because of the work you've done. We have living hope because of the person you are. We have living hope because of the promises you have made. Jesus, surround our heads, our hearts, our our very being, and give us living hope, even in the midst of the storms of life. We pray this, Jesus, in your powerful and saving name. Amen. One of the things that we talked about last time, some of the causes of anxiety is change, right? And we talked about that that in the book, it, it mentioned that things had changed more in the last 30 years than in the previous 300. And now it's like things have changed more in the last three weeks than in the last 30 years. Some of those things that were were causing us anxiety that we talked about last time, and we talked about uh, what it's like to have a new schedule uh, or not having a schedule at all, trying to figure all that uh, out, working from home and, uh, you know, homeschooling and, and things like that and trying to work from home and homeschool at the same time. And then not being able to be with the grandkids, not being able to be with our, our family and our friends. And those are just some of the changes uh, that we've been going through over the last couple of weeks here. We also talked about last time uh, about anxiety's greatest hits. And th- those are the what ifs in life, right? And, and our mind can run with that. What if this happens? What if that happens? And, and we talked about some of those what ifs last time. And, and one of those what ifs was, what if I, I lose my job? Or what if my spouse uh, loses his or her job. And in fact, uh, today I was informed uh, that two of my friends did in fact lose their their jobs. And so, you know, now kind of a, a new setting again in life. We also talked about some of the what ifs from last time where what if I get uh, COVID-19 and, and even a, a concern, a greater concern for some of us was what if I give COVID-19 to, to someone else? Maybe I'm symptom free, but I have it and my, I'm healthy and all that. And I kind of recover, don't even know I have it, but that I give it, what if I give it to, to someone else, someone that I love? I think one of the other things we, we talked about as well was, you know, what if my stimulus check uh, doesn't get here? in time. So um, one of the things that I just ask you to to think about, what are you in control of right now? And what are you not in control of right now? I think, see, one of the things is, is is we think we're in control and uh, we really aren't in control. Like, for example, we might say, well, I'm in control right now. I'm doing this right now uh, i'm in control but what if the electricity goes out 
Okay, or what if we lose our internet connection? We find out we really aren't in control in the first place. It's just kind of an illusion. Uh, we're gonna get to the point here in just a minute of why that's okay and things like that. But also last time we, we you know, a big key to, to last time was Psalm 23. Uh, the Lord is our shepherd, that he's always around us and that he's always uh, providing us. We talked about how he leads us beside quiet waters. And we, we were talking about that, that he's doing the leading. That's great. And he's taking us to quiet waters, which is great. But that doesn't mean that everything we go by is quiet waters. There are turbulent times. You know, when I walk through the, the darkest valley, you know, it, it says, uh, but so again, there are there are tough times, but you know your rod and your staff they they comfort me. In other words, God fights our battles. I know I know that that's what I need to remember all the time for myself when it comes to anxiety. Say God fights my battles instead of me trying to fight the battle, trying to figure it out, hoping that this that or the other thing doesn't happen. I just need to understand that God is with me and that he's fighting my battles. And another key point from, from last time was surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. So God is chasing after us with goodness and love. And finally, he will take us to a place where everything is awesome all of the time. Okay, tonight the, the scripture that we're going to, to circle in on as we're talking about anxiety and calm in the chaos is that that first C or the C in calm is celebrate God's goodness. Okay, and, and so our, our verse that we're going to look at tonight a lot is Philippians 4 verse 4 that says rejoice in the Lord always okay you see the passage didn't say rejoice in fridays it didn't say rejoice in paydays uh it didn't say rejoice in the day when we'll be able to have these restrictions lifted and all those things will be great but all those things are, are different right not every day is a friday not every day is payday uh, and things like that but the lord the Lord is always good. The Lord is always with us. The Lord is always true to his character. And so the passage tells us rejoice in the Lord, not our circumstances. Our circumstances can change and often do. We talked about that already, but to rejoice in the Lord. Okay, rejoice in the Lord and who he is and how often? Always, always, okay? And so all that passage is, part of what that passage is talking about is, is the sovereignty of God. And that is, is God's perfect control and management of the universe. Nothing is out of his control or out of his hands. I don't know exactly what he's using COVID-19 for, uh, not in the full thing. I don't, you know, I'm not God. We're not gonna be able to figure out all those things. Uh, but for example, I know it's it's brought about this study. Uh, it's brought about uh, a lot of other good 
and, and things like that. One of those things too that's important for us to to keep in mind with God's sovereignty that he, when he's in control, that's good is because uh, if we perceive there's a lack of control, right? Uh, that's when we can tend to become anxious. Anxiety increases as perceived um, lack of control or perceived control decreases. So anxiety increases as perceived control decreases. And so just going to keep that in mind too. So I'll give you an example of that. Uh, when, you, when you think you're in control, uh, you can be more calm. And when you think you're not in control, you can kind of, you know, it, it's more of an anxious time. Again, keeping in mind, though, God's got all this stuff. So here's the story, World War II, right? Who was more calm, the infantry or the fighter pilots, right? I don't know about you, but man, I, I wouldn't want to be in, in the infantry. Oh, my goodness, right? And in fact, studies show that the infantry in World War II, they were, they were just super anxious, right? The fighter pilots, however, displayed a tremendous degree of confidence because they had uh, some control going on, right? They're in that plane and they're cruising around and, and all of that. But while it's true, more infantry men uh, died than pilots, the truth is by percentage, more pilots died than the infantry, okay? Uh, for the pilots who thought they were in control, it was actually right at a 50-50 proposition, a flip of the coin as to whether they were gonna make it back or not. So I take you back into, into scripture now and to Isaiah, you can see the words up on the screen. We're going to look at verses 1 to 10. And uh, what's been going on here is King Uzziah was a pretty decent king. Okay, and, and so that's really good. But now as we enter into Isaiah chapter 6, uh, he has died. And Isaiah is very, very fearful. Okay, and so I'm going to read the words. Feel free to follow along, read out loud if you like, if you're comfortable. In that year, King Uzziah died. I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined for I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With that, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt has taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. 
there's actually a lot of lot of things going on in here. And in fact, I remember preaching on this in the past and, and concentrating on the angels that were surrounding God instead of preaching about God. All right. It's God, his presence. That's the key to these verses. God calmed the fears that Isaiah had, not by removing the problem, but by revealing his divine power and presence. And so, friends, I just want you to think about that as we go through some of the anxiety that we have now. And, and it can be all across the board, right? Some of us had plenty of anxiety going on before COVID-19 uh, showed up, right? God's presence and his power it's always with us be sure do your best mark it down somewhere where you run across it god is always with you and he has the power and the will and the desire to take care of you and he will okay uh in in the book uh Anxious about nothing, the author talks about a, a doctor and the son, and his son like sprained his ankle, and his his father was a doctor and and told his son that that he would be okay, but his son didn't fully understand uh, who his father was. He didn't know what it meant to be a doctor, and so he was super anxious and afraid until his father took him to work with him the next day. Okay, and then the, the little boy could see all the things that his father was doing, and it, it gave, gave him great comfort, and he knew he would be healed. Guys, I, I want you to know God is way more than a doctor, right? And he's working, and he's moving uh, in your life and in mine. Let God take the heat. Let God figure it out. He's Got it. You know, that that little boy, the doctor's son, he was just, I don't know how I'm going to get better. God has it. God has it. Okay, cool. All right. I just want to share a, a number of verses with you now from from the Psalms. And it, it says, from the Lord comes deliverance. Okay, just five words, but from the Lord comes deliverance. Uh, it, it doesn't come from you working it out. Um, it just comes from the Lord, his deliverance, okay? We can trust in God. Psalm 4, verses 68 say, Many, Lord, are asking, who will bring us prosperity? Let the light of your face shine on us. Fill my heart with joy, when their grain and new wine abound. In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Okay, are, are you nervous? Your heart racing fast? Uh, your stomach in, in knots? Lie down. It's okay. Lord, the Lord will let you dwell in safety. Okay, I, I don't know if you've noticed this, uh, but I have. Anxiety has never solved a single problem 
in my life. It's just made me more anxious, okay? It's just made me more anxious. It's the Lord that I need to see. Psalm 6 verse 4 says, check this out, turn Lord and deliver me, save me because of your unfailing love. Not because of who I am, not because of what I did or what I didn't do, but save me Lord based on who you are, on your character. Save me, Lord, because of your unfailing love. And so in this time, maybe maybe you lost your job. Maybe you are sick. Maybe you are concerned about your, your teenagers. Maybe you're concerned about your spouse. Maybe someone has, has cancer. Trust in, in God's unfailing love. It, it doesn't change. Okay. The next Psalm, Psalm 9 and 10. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Okay? Never forsaken. Have you ever felt like you've been forsaken by God? Most likely, we all have, right? These are simply times where Jesus is leading us beside quiet waters. We just got to get there. We're not there yet, but he's present with us and he's guiding us and leading us. And Psalm 13, uh, maybe some of you have been here too, right? How long, Lord? How long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer me, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I've overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. I think the, the things that, that keep coming back to me is, is God's unfailing love and his presence with us always, um, that he never forsakes us. Uh, he dwells with us and he allows us to, to sleep in in safety okay good you know god is in control so i can relax and put it all in god's hands he has it uh god's bringing us back to his word that's so good right uh one of those things that that sticks out in this is this time of sickness and pandemic uh right it, you know um a lot of times you know the woe is me it, it comes back we we all tend to to, to fall into those types of things, right? Um, and, and this weekend, I'm really excited about this weekend. Sorry, this is gonna be a shameless plug for the message this weekend. Uh, we're gonna be looking at 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Humble yourselves before God. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You know, uh, very good. You know, God, God does... God does have it. I, I tell you, I, you know, I'm probably older than uh, most of you, if not all of you. Uh, there were times where I said, I don't know how we're going to make it. 
and yet here I am, right? Uh, and here I am. Uh, here's another one of the, the comments. I keep thinking about the Apostle Paul who never knew what the next day would hold for him. Prison, beating, and yet his attitude was, it will be great because God is with me and God's heaven will be even better. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. As, as we think back to the time of like Paul and Peter and they're under the, the Roman government and stuff like that and the Romans didn't like Christians, well, understand that uh, Paul and Peter were uh, the poster children for, for Christianity. And so they were marked people. And yet they were uh, trusting, trusting in God. Another uh, reason that we sometimes struggle with anxiety is because of guilt. Okay? Guilt. Uh, we did something wrong. We thought something wrong. Um, or someone blamed us, e even though we didn't do it, and we we took on that guilt, and that guilt says, you know, uh, God's God's gonna get me. And I don't know if there's ever anything you've done in your life that you just held on to, and and you just are struggling um, receiving God's forgiveness. Well, well, Max Lucado in his book talked about a time when uh, he was 16 years old and he and some friends went out and, and they got wasted. They, they got drunk and, and Max had seen what alcoholism had done inside his family and everything. Uh, and yet he uh, went ahead and got drunk and then he tried to hide it. And obviously that doesn't work and things. He said it took him a number of years a number of years to finally get it that God actually had forgiven him. It, this is this is where I want to just share this thought with you too, because we all have feelings, and if, if you're feeling guilty and you're thinking, you know, like in a, in effect, there's no way, you know, I'm so ashamed. How could God forgive me for that? Um, that that's your feeling, okay? And and into your feeling, I, I want to interject the truth. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid for every single sin that was ever committed and ever will be committed. Your sin is actually fully and freely forgiven, okay? So you just tell your feelings the truth, all right? Tell your feelings the truth uh, and trust in the truth more than you do your feelings, right? Here are some different ways that, that people have, have tried to, to handle guilt, and these are all improper ways. Um, Nomit, okay? And for some of us or some people, what that means, right, is like drugs or alcohol. Just gonna numb it. Deny it. We're gonna cover it up. Hope no one finds out about it. Minimize it. It wasn't that bad. I mean, it wasn't good, but it wasn't that bad. Bury it. Uh, and, and a lot of times how we bury guilt is we just get super busy. We don't give ourselves time to think. We just get busy. We punish it. Uh, sometimes uh, that, that happens when, when people will cut themselves or, or people won't eat, uh, different things like that. We uh, avoid it, we don't tell, we don't confess it. 
we redirect it, and that's where we lash out at, at other people. Uh, maybe that's that's happened to you. Uh, maybe you've been on not only the giving end of that, but the receiving end of it. Offset it. Uh, I, I know I've done this one before. God, I, I promise I won't ever do it again. That's that's offsetting it. You know, I, I didn't want to, um, but did a lot. Embody it. And that's where we say, you know, not only did I mess up, but I am a mess, okay? Unresolved guilt makes us anxious and miserable, okay? Guilt sucks the life out of our souls. Grace, God's grace, God's undeserved, God's unfailing love restores it. If you're on this webinar tonight and you have guilt, just give it to God. Right, Jane? He will set you free. Just give it to God. We don't earn forgiveness. We don't deserve forgiveness. That's why it's called grace. But we get forgiveness. That's why it's called grace and mercy. Okay? Very good. One of the quotes in the book was, a happy saint is one who is at the same time aware of the severity of sin and the immensity of grace. Sin is not diminished, nor is God's ability to forgive. The saint dwells in grace, not guilt. This is a tranquil soul. Okay? Uh, another one of the, the illustrations I really like from the book was, uh, there is uh, a reason the windshield is bigger than your rearview mirror. Your future matters more than your past. God's grace is greater than your sin. So just picture that. Your windshield and the rearview mirror is really small. Your future is way more important than your past. God has set you free. The Apostle Paul, okay, uh, he's the writer to the Philippians and and he's that guy that went on all these world missionary journeys and all that. But before all that happened, he was the guy that was persecuting the church of Jesus and was responsible for murders and everything. And this is what he says about his past. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. Uh, and again, the, in the book, Anxious for, for Nothing, Max talks about if you've ever been to a circus and you've seen trapeze artists going back and forth, um, the catcher is, is the key one. The person that's spinning, they're just supposed to just keep themselves outstretched, not try and grab on to that other person. The other person is the catcher. They are the ones that do the grabbing, okay? What we're saying here is let God catch you. Let Jesus catch you. His, his hands are already stained. Okay, and they already live again, and he's already building a place for you to live with him forever in heaven because he loves you. Okay, because he loves you. Amygdala, that's right here in our temples. They're like almond shaped uh, things, and they, they act like an alarm for us. So, like if you have a house and it's got an alarm system, if the door just barely cracks open, you know, it just goes off. Um, our amygdala is like our alarm system 
for our bodies, okay? It doesn't have to think, it just boom, it's right there. So like if we're walking downtown or something like that and there's a car coming, we don't have to sit there and stop and think, am, am I bigger than the car? Is the car bigger than me? Am I faster than the car? Is the car, you know, right away, our amygdala is going, get out of the way, get out of the way, okay? And, uh, you know, our amygdala causes our, our um, adrenaline to get going, our heart to start pumping, and our eyes to get a clear vision and everything like that. Um, but the thing is, is, is we don't want, like in our homes, we don't want the alarm system to go off when the wind blows, right? Uh, so also, uh, we don't want our amygdala to, to go off um, when there's really nothing to be concerned about, right? The amygdala would say, you know, like you see a mole on your, your hand or something like that on your chest and, oh, cancer, uh, you know, just jumping right away to the, to the worst case scenarios, all right? Um, so as, as we get into this anxiety and the tension and the stress of that, uh, as, as you know, it, it tries to pull us away from God, we can feel like we're forgotten and we can feel like uh, there's no hope. But again, that's all because we're not seeing God. Uh, does God care in deism? Uh, no, God doesn't care. He created the world and left. In pantheism, no, God uh, and all creation are, are it's all one. Uh, there's no purpose in all those things. Atheism, obviously not. God cares in Christianity, yes, yes, and God is personally involved. Remember the story of Joseph? Okay. We can pick it up when he was uh, a teenager and sold by his brothers into slavery. Wow, where's God in that? And he gets sold into slavery, and he's working for a guy in Egypt named Potiphar, and Potiphar's wife wants to commit adultery with Joseph, and Joseph flees from that. Potiphar's wife frames him. Joseph ends up in prison. Where's God? Where's God? You know, and then he's in, in prison, and he's got a couple of Pharaoh's, uh, you know, guys are down there as well, the, the baker and the, and the drink maker, and, and he tells them their dreams, and they come true, and and he tells the, the one guy, the, the, the cup bearer, that when he gets out, be sure to tell Pharaoh I'm in here and get me out of here. And that guy forgets about Joseph, gets released. The dream is told just as, you know, comes out just as Joseph said it would. And the guy forgets about Joseph. Where's God? Where's God? And then finally, right at the end of Joseph's stories, he's got his brothers in front of them the ones who sold him into slavery. And he says to them, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. To accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many, many souls. Okay, many, many lives. So there was a whole lot there. There wasn't all these quiet waters, right? There was some difficult times, but God was there and it ended up working out for the good. And so as you and I struggle with whatever it might be, know that we've got the great Romans 8, right? And all things, uh, God works together for the good of those who love him, 
who have been called according to his purpose. Uh, Hebrews 1.3 says, The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And he had provided purification for sins. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven after he had provided purification for sins. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven, sustaining. He's got it together. Maybe you remember the story in scripture uh, where the men were carrying the paralytic to Jesus. That's the same word sustaining. As they were carrying their friend to Jesus, they were sustaining him. Jesus is sustaining us. Sustaining us. Okay? Excellent. Excellent. So it's just always with us. Okay? We got the, the psalm passage there. Uh, he makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their heart. Yeah, God, God is sustaining us. He's sustaining us through technology. He's sustaining us, you know, in the midst of all of this, you know, our grocery stores are still packed full of food. They might run out, but the next shipment is on its way. And I remember when I was a little kid and I'd hear about people starving to death and I'd say, well, where's God? Well, the, the truth was God was always providing enough food for people. It's just man's inhumanity to man that wasn't sharing or giving food to the people. And uh, uh, we've got that, that Romans 8 passage again uh, that we've talked about before. And then uh, Lamentations 3. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope, no matter my circumstance, because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the Lord. Jesus is the true hope that our world is currently craving. And I, I think that's just great. See, what you know what that is, and, and many of the other comments too, what that is, is worship, okay? Worship is celebrating the goodness of God. That's that sea in calm. When things get tough, worship. So often when things get tough, our minds get deflected away from God instead of looking to God, okay? Yeah, uh, God, God's brought us through the tough times in the past, and uh, yeah, God is, God is preparing us for, for things that we need and for the future and for the good. Um, I, I, got, I want you guys to know that uh, church attendance online, not just at Victory, uh, but in many churches, it's just skyrocketing on online. Uh, just for example, this is just us in, in our, our little section of the world. Before this all happened, uh, we were averaging about 475 people in worship. And this last weekend, we had 717 unique uh, computers uh, worshiping. So at least 717 people. So God is using this to, to pull people closer to him. And, and I know 
Again, I know that for some of us, this has made us anxious. I just want you to recall back to God. Recall back to God. All right. Uh, and worship him. Celebrate the goodness of God. Remember our verse again? Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. You're welcome, Mike. Thank you guys all for, for sharing in. Last time, uh, we closed with a prayer and a song. And, uh, and so we'll do the, the same tonight, okay? Lord God, we thank you for this time together with one another and with you. We thank you for your presence. We ask that you would lead us to, to remember your work of who you are and what you've done, your character and your promises. God, there is no one like you. God, you are on our side. God, you are the storm stiller. God, you and your grace are greater than any sin. God, you love us with an everlasting, unfailing love. Lord, help us, lead us to worship you. For you alone are worthy of our heart's desire, our worship. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.